Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Jorge. How are you? I'm good. You're back? I'm back. You enjoyed your little vacation there? So small. And it was raining all week. <laughs> Lord, come on. You raised from the tomb and couldn't go fishing, couldn't go golfing. I was stuck in the house for three days. That was crazy. Wow. And it rained last night. Right now, we we're just talking before we turned on the mics that we were woken up by the storm overnight. Three in the morning. You know, and I barely could go back to sleep. So if I say anything stupid, blame it on lack of sleep. <laughs> but that, how is that different from most podcasts anyways? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but it was a nice week. I was just telling him I went to a wedding this weekend up in Jupiter and married one of our longtime parishioners. And, and it was just a great weekend. Uh, family fun. And, um, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was right there on, the, on Jupiter Inlet. It was nice. absolutely beautiful. All I needed was a fishing rod. And I would have been the happiest priest ever. But it didn't rain. It didn't rain for the wedding. No, so it did not. You lucked out there. No, because at the beginning of the week, I was worried for the bride. It, it was it forecast was, to it rain. Didn't stop. It, it stopped until this morning, yep. until the overnight hours. But thank God for her, and God bless her. Great family. It's obviously it's the daughter, and you everybody everybody listening probably knows it because they saw it on the sign at Duffy's. It's the daughter of uh, Wayne, the owner of Duffy's. He had to close down this week because yep. his little girl was getting married and. I wish I would have had a camera, and obviously I don't. I'm not the priest that takes out the camera, the phone in the middle of mass to take a picture. I think I did it once, though. I did yes, it once at the, it. at the confirmation. <laughs> no, but that was uh, that was effect for the homily. But I'm saying, when Wayne was walking his daughter down the aisle, uh, only the groom and I had this yeah. view of seeing Wayne so emotional, you know, giving away his little girl. I awesome. told I told him after, I go, aren't you glad that the aisle was shorter than the little flowers? Because he, he go, yeah, but it taken me forever. Yeah. So, but it was it was a beautiful weekend, and and then came back for Divine Mercy Sunday, and here we are. Here we are. The octave is over. I I had a good question from uh, our neophytes at the end of Mass yesterday, and it's not something that we really explain. So he goes, "Why an octave?" Ah, and I go, "Ah, that's a great question." So I I gave him a quick answer, but we can go into it a little bit a little bit more today. We do that. We do that during Easter. We also do it during Christmas because they are such important holidays, holy days in the life of the church, that we cannot contain our joy for just one day. So it is continuous. Now, I got in a little trouble yesterday during my homily. Uh, first of all, what else my, is new? My, vo <laughs> my voice <laughs> is much better this morning because for whatever reason, my voice was tired yesterday. And I go, I didn't speak last week. I didn't preach last week. But... I had trouble with the microphone at, at the church where I was celebrating mass on Saturday, and I screamed most no. of the most of the most of the mass. And then the the person who I wrote back with, I you know we wrote back late on Saturday night, and I was talking the entire hour and a half to make sure he stayed awake. Yep. So that's probably why my voice is tired. But now it sounds very NPR this morning, which I'm glad. Anyhow, so I was uh, where was I going with this? You got in trouble in your homily. I got something. in trouble with my homily. <laughs> Anyways, see, I told you, it's lack of sleep. I'm going to bang the whole thing. Anyways, uh, I was mentioning the fact that why, and I mentioned a little fact, why an octave? And in fact, Father Davis, my predecessor, kept it, you know, kept it on for... Yeah, the Paschal Candle. For the Paschal Candle, kept it on the from the moment it was lit during the Easter Vigil oh. until the end of the octave, which would have been the Mass that I celebrated last night. And I go... And I said, yeah, I don't do that. That thing costs 500 bucks. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> I'm not saying it because I'm criticizing for that. I'm saying it because I'm a cheapskate. That's why I'm saying it. Oh, we, we would burn about half the candle right, in the yeah. octave. So, no, we, we go through that candle probably by Christmas. It's yep. almost gone because of baptism and funerals. But but it's it's an octave. So it's we go, we pray every single day. We, pray, we, we, we recite the glories, do the same thing in Christmas. Every single day. The at least the liturgy, the hours, the psalms are the same. The 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 antiphons change a little bit. The prayers pretty much are more or less the same. But it's your you know, by the end of the octave. I've read, I've read this 
eight times already. <laughs> you know, so it, 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 it gets a little cumbersome, but it's part of the joy of the church. In other words, imagine celebrating your birthday for a week, you know, so that's, you know, a lot of people do do that, but, but that's how it is. Celebrating something for a week. Weddings used to be celebrated for days back in Jesus' time. So the church wants to celebrate this for eight days, and then the eighth day, the octave day, is what, it's the octave day of Easter, which was yesterday, also known as the Sunday of Divine Mercy. You know, but superseding Divine Mercy is the resurrection. Let me repeat that for those in the back. Superseding Divine Mercy is the resurrection because the resurrection is a result of Divine Mercy. So we had a we had a beautiful holy hour of divine mercy that was all organized by our, our, one of our retired deacons at Javier de los Reyes, who's the director director of the Divine Mercy Apostle. Yesterday at three, it was a holy hour that finished at four forty five, but that's another story. Uh, but they had the relics of Saint Faustina, and they had nice. the, our the sacrament. Nice. We had a good crowd, and it was it was very nice. But yesterday, uh, it, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> we talk about. I, I got back and you know, but and I, I got here late, so I woke up late. I made it out for the end of ten thirty mats, but I I did notice the crowds coming out at nine, and I go, what a difference a week yep. makes. <laughs> we couldn't fit, and now we now when no, we recorded, no standing room only overflow. No, when we recorded the podcast, obviously it was late Saturday night. We didn't know what was in store for Sunday, but or you have the numbers for Sunday in terms of how many people. Oh, it was. It, hold on, I gotta pull this up now. Because but, it was, it was. But the ten thirty alone, we had. I want to say eighteen hundred. About eighteen hundred. But the 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 number that really surprised me was five hundred people in Comber. Yeah. In the overflow to right. watch mass on on, a, on, on the big screen, and that's not five hundred chair. We don't own five hundred chairs. We had maybe put out a hundred fifty chairs in Comber. We had two hundred. I think we had two hundred chairs. So there were three hundred people standing. Standing. I didn't make. I was in Comber Hall. Mass, yeah. For Easter Sunday, wow, that, that's 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 you know, most most people. Not, not say most people, but you know, commonly you think someone shows up to mass, says no, the church is closed. Go to our overflow. Walks over to the overflow, sees they have nowhere to sit. You know, you, you later, think yeah. that I'll come back later, or I'm I'm just not going to stay for this. But that 300 people stayed standing. Yeah. For Easter Sunday Mass, we got to take the altar repose down next year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing. I, I we had. Maybe 150 to 200 at 9 a.m. mass in the overflow. Now, when we say 1,800 people, that's twice the capacity of the church. Yep. The church fits 900. There don't were, tell the fire department. Yeah, don't please don't tell the fire department. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how they said there were there were 1,300 people in the church. I, I don't know how. I, maybe they overcounted. I don't know. Maybe there was. I I it wouldn't. I mean. It was packed. People packed the You views. went to 9 a.m. You didn't go to 10.30. I didn't go to 10.30. You went to 9, but 9 was packed also. But they, they packed the balcony. They packed the vestibule. Yeah. People were standing in the aisles. It was it was, it was was wonderful. My sister came to 10, 10.30 or 10.45 mass. We moved it back 15 minutes. And when she was arriving, at the, as 9 o'clock was ending, she took video when she yeah. turned on, on 57th. Actually, no. She took video from Alhambra to the entrance of the church of all the cars that were lining yeah, Sevilla. Down Sevilla Avenue. It was amazing, and that's at Easter Joy, and and obviously a lot of visitors. I, I, I got a lot of, of comments of people saying, Father, thank you for making Easter so beautiful. The altar looked, and still looks beautiful. So we had uh, over over 7th, if you count Holy Thursday right. and Good Friday, and obviously the vigil. We had over 7,000 total attendants, mm. but the, the, the 1030 Mass was the highest 1800 usually our our mass attendance on sunday is 2500 uh, the week before for palm sunday we were 2700 yeah so it, it's somewhere between two, 2000 2500 yep. so that's just and that just shows brothers and sisters who are hearing this all the catholics out there yep. who are priesters who come in christmas and easter that don't realize that the need that they have in their life for weekly mass attendance yep. now Father Andrew and I, we behave. We didn't make any snide remarks about, you know, where are you guys all year and all that yeah. stuff. You know, we just, we welcomed everybody. We said, thank you for being well, here. That's, that's what it's about. You know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because yesterday, after, after the 1030 Mass, again, I was speaking with Diana and RJ. You know, about they asked me about the octave and I said, you know, we're here. It's another mini Easter. Every Sunday is a mini Easter, but but the octave day in particular 
you know, to, to close out that little mini season within the season of Easter. I said, man, wouldn't it be great to have the same crowd as we had last year, uh, last week? You know, and obviously we, we agreed on that. But I said, look, we may not see half of those people again until Christmas, but you never know. And I said, look at, look at your own story, right? They went to a mass in Rome. They were moved by it. They came back. They happened to come into our, into our church and the, the homily of that day touched them and, and it sprung them on this journey. And, and now you know, they're baptized, their girls are baptized, they're involved in the life of the church. They're active members of this parish. And that's, that was just because we opened the doors and we said, yeah. you're welcome, we're not going to judge you. Yeah. you know, so of those 7,000 people, you know, yes, hopefully we see a, a, a no, jump I, in our numbers, I, I'm, but I'm, I'm we, don't know, we don't know what the Lord is doing in their hearts, right. and, it, and we may not see it till September, we may not see it till Christmas, but all we have to do is open the door, say welcome, you're, you're welcome here, you're part of this parish, you're part of this community, we love you, come back, yeah, be and fed. I, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because yesterday I, I said I did 5.30 Mass, I wasn't around for 5.30 Mass on Easter Sunday, I was with my family, and uh, obviously Easter evening... I always say it's anticlimactic, yeah. <laughs> kind of like Christmas evening. It's like uh, Easter's not an evening. It's a morning holiday. Thing. It's a morning holiday, and and just like Christmas, and so our attendance was five hundred something like that for for five thirty mass. Uh, so yesterday we had probably around the same crowd, and I did notice a lot of new faces yesterday. What I noticed on on Easter Sunday was visitors, a lot, a lot of visitors. Because there may there's people that you see. That you know their parishioners right. that you see at Easter and Christmas, mm-hmm. and and their kids went to the school and they'll come and they were there, but a lot of visitors. Because you have people maybe at the Biltmore, people right. that are staying in the Gables, mm-hmm. they may have come down for to see their parents for Easter, and they were there, and and it was just wonderful to behold and and to see them, you know, to see the church packed and the choir was just. We were talking about how great the choir was on on the vigil, but on Easter Sunday. Well, you weren't there. They did Handel's Messiah for. Yeah, I, I I tuned into the live stream. Yeah, but the, li- no, but but the live stream it doesn't no, do it justice. No. But it still came. It still sounded incredible. I, I'm instancing the altar while they were doing that, and I'm going, "Here we go." It's like you know, <laughs> I had a rhythm to my to 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 the censer, you know, going up and nice. down because with the with the hallelujahs. Fun fact: the hallelujah chorus is an Easter song out of the Messiah. Everyone thinks it's a Christmas. It's commonly performed at Christmas concerts, but in the actual Messiah. It is part of the Easter Thank you, phase Lewis. of the handles. Lewis told the, you, didn't it? No, I knew that. Oh, you knew that? I okay. knew that, but but I'm going to throw it out there. Okay. Fun fact for everybody. You learn something new, you can go home now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's tune in. Let's stay tuned for the rest of the episode. Uh, it was, it, But it was just beautiful. And but and after that, when I walked out of the church, then 1230, again, yep. people, people kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. We had literally at... Uh, Twelve twenty-five. We had to start sending people to the. To, I mean, we finished at twelve the ten forty-five mass. So people clashing. Except I don't know. The priest that was coming in to celebrate the twelve thirty mass. I asked him, Father, where did you park? He goes, I just kept going around and around, and then somebody was leaving, oh, and wow. I took out their took their parking spot. So it it was a good problem to have yesterday. You know, obviously it's that a little bit of an Easter letdown. You know, Easter letdown, but we're still. Well, you know, we used to call it Low Sunday, but not because of attendance numbers. Why? It was the octave, the octave, sun, the octave day, low Sunday, to contrast it with, oh, with yeah. the high Sunday of Easter. But uh, I think we've stopped calling it low Sunday because the the joke is just teed up no. right there. <laughs> no, 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 we're good. Anyhow, so yesterday, Divine Mercy Sunday, we ha- always we have always have the gospel of Jesus appearing to the to the eleven. Thomas isn't there. Poor Thomas, man. Poor Thomas gets a bad rap. But I didn't talk about Thomas yesterday. I talked about the second reading. I wanted to be that guy. It was I was on vacation. I had a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> and when I was looking through the readings, I preached on the, on the gospel yesterday. I don't know how many, you know, every year since I've been ordained, mm-hmm. so it's 22 years. And so I look at it and I look at the second reading and I'm like, this is beautiful. And I broke it down into three parts. And I'm going to break it down for again because I didn't preach that long yesterday cuz I I was I needed a vacation from my vacation. I was tired. I my Moise was tired. I was like, it was it was very like, very chill mass, very chill. The call was there, and God bless them. They did uh, the days of Elijah to start mm. the mass. Like you know, the, the girls you know waking me up. Yep. You know, <laughs> yeah, that one gives you no warning. It that just, no, it just 
Yeah, the victory is his, but thankfully. Uh, so I so I started off by basically breaking down in the second reading, and it's First Peter chapter one verses three through nine, and it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who in His great mercy gave us a new birth to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." Now, a lot of the letters that you'll find in the New Testament, you know, this is attributed to Saint Peter, and even Saint Paul's letters usually start off with some sort of blessing or some sort of greeting, uh, some sort of praise to God. And sometimes biblical scholars say that that could be hymns that were used uh, during the early Christian time that were used commonly before, you know, the authors of these letters put pen to paper and, uh, and wrote these letters. But blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who in his great mercy gave us new birth, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which goes back to what I repeated twice earlier, that the resurrection takes precedence over the divine mercy because the resurrection is a result of God's divine mercy towards his people who wants us to have that new birth. So that's the first part that I broke down. That what we And, and really, this, this second reading that we had yesterday explains what the octave was all about, what we celebrated in the octave which is basically this new birth. You're talking about RJ and, and, and Diana. They received new birth. They received this regeneration, this new, I was talking about it this morning in my homily, this new life that Christ gives us through, through, the, through the resurrection. The notation that's, that, that's, in the, that's in the Bible says, what we have here from St. Peter is a prayer of praise and thanksgiving to God who bestows the gift of new life and hope in baptism through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The new birth is a sign of an imperishable inheritance of salvation that is still in the future to be revealed in the final time. So, what do we receive? What did RJ and Diana receive the day, you know, a week and two days ago when they were baptized? What did we receive when we were baptized? We received, St. Peter says, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfailing, kept in heaven for you, who by the power of God are safeguarded through faith to a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the final time. That is a very long sentence. Run-on sentence. That's verses 2, <laughs> verse 3, 4, and 5 is one long sentence. Anyway, in Latin and Spanish, you get away with that. In English, you can't. So that's the first part. Now, in verse 6, the second part that I focused on is, okay, it's Easter, it's the resurrection, mm. it's new life, all that. So we're going to live joyful the rest of our lives. Yeah. Peter says, hold on. Yeah. Fact check. Fact check. And you, in this, <laughs> you re- in this, in this you rejoice. Although now, for a little while, you may have to suffer through various trials. So that the genuineness of your faith, made more precious than gold, that is perishable even through, through tested by fire, may prove to be for praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Peter says, yes, we rejoice in the resurrection. This is the sign of our joy. But even though now, for a little while, you may have to suffer through various trials. Obviously, Peter's writing to these people that are going through trials. Mm-hmm. Peter's writing this for people who are being persecuted like he was. So, And in fact, later on in this letter, in the fourth chapter, he gives advice to those who are being persecuted. But he's giving them he's giving them the hope that this is how gold is tested through fire. So that's the second part. That despite the joy that we're celebrating the resurrection, we there's still, you know, we had Easter Sunday, but there's still Monday morning. Yep. We have to, you know, we have to go back to work. We have, you know, today, you know, I came back to work, the kids came back to school. Reality hits you in the face. That was sixty four emails greeted me, which Ooh. I thought was pretty low, but okay. Uh, for for the week that I didn't read them, mail on my desk, got through it all this morning, yep. and you know got a funeral later. All that, all that yep. fun stuff. Life continues. Life continues, but it's not that they that those are trials. But you want to keep celebrating that joy of the resurrection. But the trials that we endure, will we fall again? Absolutely. Christ picks us up. Gold tested through fire. But I love that the end of that line. The, that so that the genuineness of your faith. 
may prove to be for the praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yep. Again, it's it's that constant deflection away from ourselves. You know, where or yes, we're gonna we're gonna suffer, we're gonna fall. We're, Jesus is gonna forgive us, but we're not doing that for ourselves. You know, everything like an icon points back to Jesus Christ. So that you know, in that suffering, in you know, going through those trials, those tribulations. The genuineness of our faith may prove to be for his glory and for his praise and for his honor. You know, and, and like at any martyr, you read the martyrs, the, the book of the saints, you know, they're saying, don't look at me. You know, I'm, I'm just a window to Jesus Christ and constantly deflecting away from oneself and right back to him. Everything's for Jesus Christ. Everything is for Jesus Christ. And... St. Paul talks about this. Obviously, Peterson is talking about it, and we'll talk about it again. And you look at all the martyrs, and, and, and they glory in their suffering, especially the first martyrs of the church. You think of the writings of St. Ignatius of Antioch. I'm like, man, this guy was crazy, man. He's saying, I'm, 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 I'm suffering for Jesus. Yeah! I'm like, oh, chill, dude. You know, you read that, and it's like, man, this is this is nuts. But they, they you know, they were... Thankful that the Lord found them worthy to share in His sufferings, and to this day there are saints that still say, "I, you know, I have been found worthy to share in the sufferings of our Lord." Wow, and and that's powerful. The last part, which is the last two verses of this reading, says, "Although you have not seen Him, you love Him. Even though you do not see Him now, yet believe in Him, you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy." As you attain the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, that last part, those last two verses, points towards the gospel. Where St. Thomas, you know, where Jesus says, Blessed are you who believe without seeing. You know, we believe. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And obviously, we're like Tom. We're, we're not like Thomas. Thomas actually saw him. But we're like Thomas on the on Easter Sunday. Who, wait, I, I, I wasn't here. I didn't know. I, what do you mean he was here? No, I have to see with my own eyes. I have to touch, you know, his, you know, where the marks of his nails. We need, they need proof. But Peter is extolling the virtue of believing without seeing. Although you haven't seen him, you love him. Because the goal is ultimately, the goal of our faith is the salvation of souls. Not just of our soul, but helping save the souls of others around us. Of your family, of your wife, of your children, of of those of those that are entrusted to your care, just like the, my salvation is tied into the salvation of the souls of those under my pastoral care. So, when Peter's talking about this, he's extolling the faith of the people. He's he's praising them, and say, remember that the ultimate goal for all of us is heaven, and that's part of that new life that we received when we were baptized, and that we rejoiced in on Easter Sunday. Yeah, that, that indescribable and glorious joy. I can't, I can't emphasize enough. And we're, we're, we're in a privileged place where we get to interact with them constantly, but have a conversation with a neophyte. And they're just radiating that. You know, to, to, not to keep pointing back to RJ and Diana, but just they were, they were two pews in front of us yesterday, and, and we got, got to chat with them after mass and you know a week later they're still just on this high you know and they're themselves are, are saying my goodness it's been you know from the easter vigil then listening to the podcast that you guys made then coming <laughs> coming back on sunday because they had to, they didn't bring the girls on saturday night you know and then all throughout this week you know leading up to this octave day and you just it this joy is welling up in them and just can't help but overflow and i'm like man that's that's what this is all about, you know. And neophytes have this incredible gift of of really bringing that to life, because and I've mentioned this before. You know, we kind of go through it. We, as cradle Catholics, we kind of take it for granted sometimes. Yep. But when you see them, when you see a neophyte, really get it, you know, and and desire this baptism, and then finally the day arrives, and and they receive this gift, and you see their life change, you know, from one day to the next, you know, from from. The rehearsal I did with them on Saturday morning to, you know, to them literally, physically, spiritually, substantially changed after receiving the sacraments, you know, and then just to see that overflow into the rest of the week and into the rest of their life, that indescribable and glorious joy is so real. 
you know, and and it's not an emotion. It's something much much deeper, and that's why the if you're able to have a conversation with some with a newly baptized, whether it's here at the parish or at another church or someone who was baptized last year, you know, we have thirteen of them in our parish this year. Between the between the kids and the adults, we've we celebrated with five of them. We have another eight of them coming up. They get it. Can we throw a big theological term when you were talking about that change? Yep. What do we call that? Ontological yep. change. And it happens three times yep. in three different sacraments. It happens the day you're baptized. It happens the day you were confirmed. And for those who are called, mm-hmm. it happens when you were called to holy orders. And so I received it four times. Yep. <laughs> so when I was ordained a deacon and a priest. So then a priest. So just taking it from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, it says an excuse me, an ontological change means a change of the very essence of the being. This is what happened to the neophytes. The very essence of their being changed. They are like the risen Christ, something new. Mm-hmm. See the disciples, we, we read all the we read all the resurrection accounts last week, and one of the things that stands out is that the disciples couldn't recognize him. Especially in the Gospel of St. John. They didn't recognize him. And you know, when he showed up at the Sea of Galilee, you know, he's calling out to them. They didn't know, oh, this guy's calling out. Have you caught anything? When they catch something, finally, it's John that says, It is the Lord. So when someone is baptized, their very being is changed, the essence of their being. Since baptism permanently configures us to Christ, yes, it brings an ontological change. This is why the church insists that there can be only be one baptism. Once the ontological change takes place, it cannot be repeated. So, if I could go off on a little tangent here, no, I never met, never, that's why we do this. Never met a, uh, an off ramp <laughs> that I didn't take. Of, uh, and this is something I've been meaning to talk to a, a friend of mine who did this. But there are evangelical churches that pop up. And they were like, oh, no, the baptism you received when you were a child, that doesn't care. You have to, you have to choose mm-hmm. baptism. So let's, let's baptize you again. Well, that, that's a fallacy. Yep. What did I just say? This is why the church insists there can be only, be only one baptism. Once the ontological takes place, it cannot be repeated. It's like, okay, you know, and that actually that's today's gospel. When, when Jesus meets Nicodemus, Jesus says you have to be born of water and the Holy Spirit. And Nicodemus is like, what do you mean born again? I, you know, I'm old. I can't go back into my mother's womb and be born again. No, no, no. It's, it's something different. But you, once that takes place, it cannot be changed. You're, you know, the essence of who you are. You were, you were baptized a Christian. You know, it's like saying, no, you, you weren't a Christian. It's like saying you weren't a Christian before. And the same thing with confirmation. You already see the fullness of the Spirit. The same thing with, with priests. Even though, and, and this is very important, let's say, Let's say a priest is no longer ministering. Right. You know, who they are, they're always a priest. In fact, in case of death or dying, let's say, and it has happened and will happen again, you know, a man leaves the priesthood for whatever reason, let's say gets married, and he's driving down the road with his wife and children, and there is an awful car accident and someone is about to die in a case of death and dying because he is a priest, he can administer last rites and the and the anointing of the sick. So this is the beauty of the church. These little, little things. That's why you listen to the podcast for these little tidbits. The church has thought of so the, the, the church, the right. Holy Spirit has inspired every <laughs> Yeah, I know. So <laughs> the catechism says baptism not only purifies from all sins, but also makes the neophyte a new creature, an adopted son of God, who has become a partaker of the divine nature member of Christ and co-heir with him and a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's paragraph 1265. We become new creations. We become adopted children of God, co-heirs of divine nature, partakers of divine nature, member of Christ and a co-heir with him and a t- and the temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit, which St. Paul coined, uh, coined that phrase. In one of his letters. So, this is what the neophytes are experiencing. This change, it, it's a change to the essence of their being. You cannot be rebaptized. 
you know, if somebody is baptized in a Protestant church and comes to see us, oh, I want to be baptized in the church. I go, no, you're already baptized. We recognize that baptism. What we do is we, we bring you into full communion. The Eucharist brings you into full communion. So this is what they experienced last Saturday. And, and that's so beautiful and, and a reminder to us to, to cherish, you know, the baptism that we renewed on Easter Sunday. Yeah, and that's why I love that we do the renewal vows of baptismal promises mm -hmm. because you know what they're experiencing is, is that reminder for ourselves. And, and yesterday I, I ran across uh, St. Augustine's uh, sermon. It was called the sermon back then. Homily. Two neophytes, specifically two neophytes, and as he, from the Office of Readings, and as he finishes, he says, and so your own hope of the resurrection, though not yet realized, is sure and certain because you have received the sacrament or sign of this reality and have been given the pledge of the Spirit. If then you have risen with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And this is what the part that I love. Set your hearts on heavenly things, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. You know, and it's just, again, that that reminder of we are set apart, you know, by virtue of our baptism, you know, which, which we experienced in the neophytes, which is a reminder of our own baptism, by virtue of our confirmation, you know, we have been changed. We are a new creation. We're a new being. You know, and just to pull up the the cover of the of the bulletin yesterday, it's a detail I hadn't noticed before. But Thomas is painted as if as if he's actually physically blind if you if you zoom in on his eyes it's that solid black hmm. like he has no he has no sight you know, as he's as he's putting his finger into the wounds of christ and that was such a beautiful detail that i picked up on wow because it's you know, art's fascinating yeah you know when as he's putting his fingers into the wounds of christ then his eyes are open you know like like we're going to hear this coming sunday in emmaus you know their eyes were opened and we realize who jesus is and we realize who we are as a new creation in him and, and what he's called us to be, who he's called us to be. You know, so set, set your hearts on heavenly things, not the things of this earth, because that's, that's what's, that's what this is all about. So the last thing I spoke about yesterday in the, in the homily and, and to tie it up to divine mercy is that, you know, we keep score for everything. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now Jorge and I, no, we, we go when we go out when we go out to the golf course. I had never kept score in golf until I started playing golf with Jorge because he's like, "What do you mean you have to keep? You got to keep score." So we kept score because I'm slightly competitive, just slightly. And um, last time we played golf, I won. You you got me finally. You broke the streak. Yeah, <laughs> we're play, we were scheduled. We are scheduled, quote unquote, to play golf tomorrow. We'll see, uh, and we'll, we'll let you know how that how that goes. But we we keep score for everything, you know. I and and forget about anything sports related. We keep score on, okay, I've called this person three mm -hmm. times. They haven't called me back. Um, as a pastor, I keep scores like, oh, this person's not here. I, one of the analogies I used yesterday, I go, as you person, you keep score as well. I go, what's the, I go, what's the first thing you look at when you open the bulletin? And, and some person was like mumbling, like under the breast, like kind of embarrassed. She goes, the money, yeah. the money, <laughs> the money. What, what's that? The, 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 oh, the offertory, yes. We did pretty well last week. Yep. Okay. But uh but yeah, we look at that because that's something tangible. It's numbers. You see the the, the we talked about numbers at the beginning of the other yep. podcast when we were talking about the attendance last week. So we keep score. And you know, I was talking about that I did a wedding this weekend and, and I've you know, I don't think I've ever said this. You know, everybody likes to give advice, but one piece of advice I'd give couples is don't keep score. Because so many times it's like, you know, I got one on, up on you. We got, you know, no, you don't keep score. You you keep doing. And one person who doesn't keep score, thankfully, is God. Yep. Because in his divine mercy, he raises Christ from the dead and gives us the gift of his mercy. Because yesterday we see Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit onto his disciples and saying, what sins you forgive are forgiven, what sins you retain are retained. Gives him the authority to hear confessions. And so there, whatever scoreboard you may have, swiped clean. Yep. And that's, What's beautiful about, like, for example, baseball. You know, every day, they play every day. So every day is a new, it's, everything's wiped clean, you start brand new. Zero, zero. And you start anew. And that's the beauty of it. 
you, you get a chance every single day to do well or to, to go through the same slump. Right. But Christ raises us. He wants us to do well. He wants us to be, you know, he, he loves us so much that he wants us to experience his blessing. And, 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 to, and to bring it back again to marriage, you know, and I, and I said this in, 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 that, in that my wedding homily on Saturday, is that we don't understand that the abundance that our Lord wants us to receive. You know, we hear about in the wedding at Cana that and you have the, what the Bible describes about these jugs that were turned from water mm-hmm. into wine, until you see it physically in Cana, in Cana. and Jorge That's and I impressive. have, it, it, it's enough to make an army drunk. Yep. Okay? <laughs> well, just one of them. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's a lot. And this is the abundance. And so you Friday's gospel was the reading of the miraculous catch in, in, the, sea of, in the Sea of Tiberias and Sea of Galilee after the resurrection. And St. John points out, not only there were 153 fish, but they were 153 large fish. Okay? That's the abundance that Christ wants us to live. That's what I told the couple. I go, this is what the, you know, the abundance of love that Christ wants for you, wants for your marriage, wants for all of us in the light of the resurrection. And that's why the abundance of his mercy is celebrated yesterday on Divine Mercy Sunday. So this is what we rejoice in, that we have a God who doesn't keep score. We have a God who wants to spot us five runs, spot us five touchdowns, whatever it is. He wants to give, give, give. And we take, 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 or sometimes we don't ask. And that's sometimes we have to. He says, seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive in the Gospel of St. Luke. But sometimes we don't ask. Ask. He'll give it to you. He wants us to spend, you know, live in this abundance, but the abundance of his joy. You said it earlier, that indescribable joy, that abundance of joy that we celebrate during Easter. That's where he wants us to live. And we still are stupid enough to limit him. Yeah. And and that's, yep. oh, that, that drives me crazy. And I, I do it too. And when I realize it, it's like, what are you doing to put a limit on God? Like, no. Just that, again, that open door. You know, we, we, t- we talked about just having the doors of the church open and what that can do for not just a person, but for our community. But really just open the doors of our heart to, to that abundance that God wants and don't put a limit on and we will see the incredible things that he's able to do through us and with us and in us. Yep. Don't put limits on God and don't and definitely don't put limits on his mercy. Yep. His mercy and St. Vecino, you know, put it in her diary. It's an ocean of, of love and mercy. And so bathe in, in that ocean and be embraced by that ocean. And don't put limits on God because he wants all of us to share in this Easter joy, not just now, but as the end of, of St. Peter's reading says, he wants us to share this not only here, but in the life of the world to come, as we say in the creed every Sunday. So my friends, live that Easter joy. Keep proclaiming that Easter joy. Don't put limits on God. Rejoice in a God who doesn't keep score, who loves us to no end, and wants us to live in the abundance of his joy. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly! It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right, before we jump into sports, I, we didn't mention it the first segment, but on Wednesday, our podcast turns two. Wow. So oh, happy wow. birthday to Monday Morning Homeless this week. And we're 82 episodes in and 40 Linton Daily Meditations. <laughs> no, not 40. 46 more or less, that, w- that I did. Yay. You're going to do it for Advent, right? Oh, God, stop. <laughs> we got a special guest in the house. Ashley's here. Hey. Hey we, there. We got a lot of teams in the playoffs. We have the Heat playing the Bucks, number one seed. 
We have our Florida Panthers playing Boston Bruins, another one seed. So we got big games this week. We got uh, we made the playoffs, now we just have to beat these number one seeds. But seeding means nothing. We saw that in March Madness. Seeding means nothing. I'm not scared. And, and really, the Heat were the f- number one seed last year. And they, they, they just And so were the Panthers. And exactly. I, I'd love to see how many times that has happened. Yeah. Where, where the number one seed from of two major sports drop in one year go from first seed to last seed. At least they're, in the, at least they're both in the playoffs. But they're in. I mean, the Panthers, we, we talked about it three or four weeks ago. We didn't think they were going to make the playoffs, yep. and they did. Same with the Heat. They were just kept. No, the Heat were going to make the playoffs, but it looked like you, last Tuesday you were at that game. I was at Tuesday and I was at Friday. At the, at the Tuesday game. against the Hawks. That was a major problem. Then Friday we played the Chicago. You had to pay for those tickets? Yes. You shouldn't have to pay for those tickets. Yes. We uh, <laughs> we get first dibs on our tickets, so we get our seats. So and so Friday we head to the Kaseya Center. Lots of Bulls fans. Well, the what? The Kaseya. So that's how you say it. The, the what? Kaseya. Kaseya Center. And uh, that's uh, the former FTX Arena or AAA Arena triple, or, or D Wade's house or our people's house. Ay, 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 so we ay. go there. There's a lot of Bulls fans, and I'm like, you guys have not been relevant since the '90s. Same like the Knicks, but they were there. They tried to be relevant during LeBron, Dwayne Wade, yeah, time, but and that didn't when work out well. D- direct Derek Rose was there, and Joachim Noah from the Gator couldn't stand. And we always we always used to take care of them. You know, get out, go away. So Five we games, won. Bye. Uh, Kyle Lowry. So before the game, Kyle, we wasted that game. A thirty <laughs> point. By the way, Ash, I just noticed what's up with your fingernails. They're long. These are my natural nails too. Those are your natural nails. Because wow. I'll tell you why. Growing up, I was an athlete. I played basketball uh-huh. for fourteen years of my life, and I always had short nails. And I always had to cut them. Now that I'm an adult and I can't play basketball, my nails said, "Okay, time to grow." So they're they're yeah. All right. Ah, ah. So no, so these teams better win unless Don't, I'll be a cat scratching around. Yeah, she's, and they're and they're bright pink for Easter too. That's yeah. why that's why I noticed them. Well, you know, I, I would do one, <laughs> one of my teams, but uh, <laughs> you know, I know they were like. Rah. So, anyways, we go to the Kaseya Center. So before we get Squirrel. to the, she's she's got Squirrel. that. I'm, yeah, she's I got know, that. I'm all sports mode, father. So we're on. We're going. We take the Metro mover, the people mover, mm-hmm. and we start talking to these people. And they said, uh, "You know, who's your favorite player?" I said, "Max Struess and Victor Oladipo, my two favorite players." And they said, "Which one can't you stand?" And I said, "Victor Oladipo." Or I said, "Kyle Lowry," and I said, "You know what? I'm over him." Well, I'm telling you, Victor Kyle must have heard me because Kyle that night Went had off. the game of his life. Still lost. Still, what do you mean lost? That was on Tuesday. No, no, that was uh, Friday. No, Tuesday's when he had the the thirty point game. No, it was Friday. Mm-hmm. Am I going to make games mixed up? Yeah, you are. It happens. Oh. It happens. It's been all of our. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Tuesday he played, Friday he played some, and then it was uh, oh, Max yeah. Juice had a big game. Yeah. Max Juice had a very had a 30-point game. Oh, 30. yeah, because no one else showed up, and that's why we lost. You're right. Yeah. Oh, it's all blurring together. Huh? There you go. It's also at the Marlins game on But Saturday. what was the biggest reason why we lost on Tuesday? Oh, we not, didn't almost lose on Friday, but it Bam, was. Bam, oh, here, here we go. I'm done with him. Oh, done he's going to be the reason why I Dallas Cowboys fan my TV. Because a Dallas Cowboys fan, what they do is they break their TVs. They, they're they they're known to break in their TVs. Okay. He's going to be the reason why my TV. You have the nails to do it. You know. <laughs> so, Bam, he's just not Bam 2.0. Even in the press conference last night, he's sitting there on his phone. On his phone the whole time. <laughs> Bam, come on. <laughs> if he's not going to be morning. aggressive, this Kevin why, This is why I told her to come over. You know, and then <laughs> Cody, Cody's ready to play. Yerk Simmons, they'll play center. They'll they'll be aggressive in the paint. Bam is not what he used to be. I don't know what's in his head. Is I don't this know. This the game. He hasn't been on. I, I I trade him. I mean, I know. I mean, we won on Friday, obviously, and then yesterday we won. Oh, because Giannis wasn't there. But that was Jorge said, told me during the break. Said, oh, Giannis was there. I mean, I was in mass for the first, uh, pretty much for the first half. Five thirty, six thirty, yeah. And. Um, and I, I saw the score when I walked out of Mass, and we yeah. were up by nine. Yeah. Giannis was still playing. Yeah, but he was We wasn't, were up by nine. Yeah. Yeah, but a nine-point lead in basketball means absolutely nothing. Obviously. We saw but, that, yeah. But we still won. And we lost our second best player, which is Tyler Hero. Oh, Tyler, you did not need to die for that kid. There's no reason you did. But then he goes and nails the three after there, that. There is some so silver. So you can still shoot with a broken hand. Clearly, we saw that. There's there's a silver lining. It's four to six weeks, so it means he's back for the NBA Finals. There you go. Uh, uh-huh. We have an easy path. You get rid of you. We won in Milwaukee. No one, Milwaukee swept us mm-hmm. two years ago. Swept yeah, yeah. us. I mean, didn't even give us an inch. Mm-hmm. We took a game in Milwaukee. All right? Now, we may be getting ahead of ourselves. We shot lights out. That doesn't. That's never sustainable. 
Gabe Vincent and Max Drew still have to, you know, yeah. Max, Gabe Vincent shot the ball maybe six times and made him, made, I don't know how, how many threes of, the, of those six shots. He, he was great. Yeah. And Max Drew played great. Yeah, Jimmy Max. played out of his mind. Yep, he Thankfully, they have rest. They have game yesterday, Kevin Wednesday, Love taking Saturday. hits like he's a lineman. He's, damn, No, damn. Love <laughs> hit a shot almost from the logo. Yeah, I was like, Kevin what's going on? Yeah, Kevin had a great game yesterday. So, really. But that's not sustainable. But if no. we get past Milwaukee, we play the winner of the of a Boston. it's gonna be a, no 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 Is it's it? New York and, and Cleveland. Oh, that's that's right. gonna be a bruising series. New York just won game one in the road. Yeah, that's a bruising series, and then you fit then you win that one and you play the winner that comes out of it's gonna be a, a Boston Philly. Yeah, and that's gonna be a bruising and then it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be tough. I, I don't. I'm listen. This is the eternal optimist. This is the indescribable joy that I have from Easter. <laughs> you know, it is. But the team can frustrate you. And then you say, where has this team been all year? So frustrating. Because so frustrating. my father made a good point last week. We're, we're sitting now watching the game on Tuesday. And he said, this has not been Eric Spolster's greatest coaching year. Mind you. He could have done, you yeah. know, 2011 usually is held up as, mm-hmm. you know, we he didn't figure out, you know, how to, how to guard J.J. Barrett. I mean, I mean, it still boggles me that we lost <laughs> to that Dallas team in 2012, in 2011. So, but this year, there's something's been off. I don't, Bam is a big part of that, yes. Yeah. You could look to Bam, spacing down, you know, we were out rebounded by Atlanta, but I prefer, you know, not that I prefer Milwaukee because Giannis is a monster. Yeah, but it's not. But just we're in him. Boston's head. Brooks Lopez is good. Chris. Uh, no, they beat us last year. Max Drus's foot was in. Big town. So he <laughs> again. Okay, so we play on Wednesday. Wednesday's an interesting day for Miami sports fans because at Wednesday at seven thirty, the Panthers again? play, and then at again? nine, at nine. So there's a we, there's we a, play at nine at nine o'clock on Yeesh. Wednesday. So tonight, I'll give you the rundown for everybody. Tonight, Panthers play at 7.30. There, let's go. All right, here we go. So tonight, Panthers play at 7.30. On Wednesday, Panthers play at 7.30. Heat play at 9. Then on Friday, Panthers play at 7.30. And then the Heat had the game on Saturday here. And then we play on Monday as well. Saturday, Monday. So that's your Uh, your sports recap. Jimmy's getting a lot of rest. Yes. Which is good. He needs it. Um, We we shouldn't have played last week. I'll tell you who is playing pretty good baseball Decent, better than we thought. Let, let me finish with the play before we get into baseball. Huh. Because, How do you have to say baseball? No, because John Morant is injured. I mean, yeah. I play game two, There's and the Lakers injuries. took game one. Yeah. Uh, Denver demolished Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philly took, I mean, sorry, uh, Philly took game one. Boston took it, but that was expected. Those, you know that's going to happen. Uh, Who won last night? I fell asleep. Last night, Denver, uh, Denver destroyed Minnesota. Uh, 10 30 games. And the so Clippers selfish. went on the road and beat Kevin Durant yep. and. Yeah. Chris Paul, yeah, the first three, the first Brooker. three road teams yeah. won. That was in the Western Conference is a little crazy, but I don't think uh, a Western Conference team is beating Milwaukee, Boston, or Philly, in or the, Miami. In the you you just said Miami's going to make it. To I the know, finals, I know. And now he's now he's taking. I've come Fall back down. down. I've come back down. Here. Uh, so it's interesting. But so the NBA playoffs have been have been interesting. So Wild. you want to talk baseball? Go ahead. Yeah. So. Talk about your Boston Red Sox. No, no. I'm more excited about the Marlins right <laughs> Go ahead. now. So Marlins came back from, uh, played against the Mets up there. The home opener for the Mets got rained out. Then we crossed the state of Jersey to go to Philly, played Philly. Interesting thing when we played the Phillies. First, something happened in um, Marlins history. You want to tell them what happened in Marlins history? First Finally. Ever. Luis. Finally. Arise. We hit, a, we hit for the cycle. Hit for the cycle. Uh, which some of you guys may not know, it's a single, double, triple, and home run all in one game. Has never happened in Marlins history. We're the last team in Major League Baseball to do that. But can I say something? When you got the triple, I was like, is it? Is this? Triples are hard. Is this, is this triples the, are the game? Triples and then he hardest. hit the homer. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he just needs a single. And he did it in his 12th game. Now, can I say something say. controversial? I think it's the most overrated uh, accomplishment Oh, I think baseball. it's the coolest thing ever. No, it's not. Perfect game is cool. Yeah. A three but, homer game is cool. But that's rare. It's rare. I'm just saying, but I think it's a little overrated. Have you it, have you been at a perfect game? You have. I have. I was there when Roy Halliday. Oh wow. On the wrong end of one. Yes, the wrong end. But I was there for one. And it that, was that's still it's only been It was um it was strange to be cheering for him. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have cheered for him. 
respect. Nope. <laughs> Just been... like Gene Segura goes up to Philly <laughs> this weekend, they they give him his ring and they give him a stand ovation. You got to show respect when respect is due. But you, like, know? you know, no hitter. There's only, there's okay, only been like, 23 perfect games in Major League history. That's why. Twenty-five years. That's why. It was, so it was strange to no, be watching this. Years and almost. you know, if you get if you get no hit, all right, the game ends. You clap for the guy and and yeah. you go on. It's a no hitter. Is a no hitter still? But but a, but a perfect game like we were. I mean, you were seriously rooting for Roy Halladay or yes. rooting for history? It, for history? No. Yeah. no like, ro- oh my God, this is happening. I'm like, rooting for, I'm rooting. Like, I'm sitting in the in the stands and this, I'm going to witness one of 20. I no, I laid, I laid on a bunt in the ninth inning. You don't want to be on the wrong end of that. I'm <laughs> you sorry. Don't, you don't want to be on the wrong end no. of one. But as it's no. happening, you're like, oh, this is pretty, it's, this it's, is cool. It's, it's amazing. That's why I said it, it, it was strange to be I can see your point. in that in between, like, just like I want to hit, but I don't. Just like the cycle. You know, they call, you know, a, a nine-pitch, three-strikeout inning an immaculate inning. Yep. I don't call that an immaculate of inning. Of course not. You're a priest. A, no, not, not because of <laughs> that. Of course, Father. An immaculate <laughs> inning is three pitches, three ground balls. You get it. You sit down. Oh, yeah. That's, for me, an immaculate inning. I can see that. You know, it's three pitches. That's it. Pitch, ground ball, pitch, ground ball, pitch, ground ball out. So I'll tell you who I'm worried about it's in just, the Marlins, and I'll tell you who I'm impressed with. Jesus Lazardo is pitching excellent this yes, year. Yes, he is. Excellent. He's a local guy, Coral Springs. Yep. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Nice little surprise there. Well, he he flashed last year. Yeah. So it's, it's good to see that carry over. Who I don't want to see who I'm worried about, but it's just like, man, Sandy, Sandy. Sandy oh, had a, after that after that complete game, one nothing. He hasn't oh, he hasn't had man. He, he has the stuff. Get but off we're that, not giving him back. We're not that giving wagon. him runs he's on fine. the floor. He's going to be fine. I, I know he will, but I just he had don't like he to had good stuff struggle. yesterday. It's just that he's hitting ninety nine. He's he, I just don't he, like he's going to be fine. Mad. He's going to so, be fine. Um, I'll tell you who I do like is our closer, Puck. Yeah, Puck's he, cool. He looks. He looks. Legit. Like so right him. now, ladies and gentlemen, Puck's we cool. are. Before you get, can I just say something on Sandy? I think the the what's affecting him most is the pitch clock. I think the pitch clock is affecting when, him. When they're stringing together hits, you can just see like frustration. the frustration building, yeah. and then he's just giving up another hit. And, and another he'll adjust. Hit. And that's what, that's why I'm not Scherzer, worried about Scherzer, who said that, uh, oh, it's going to be an advantage for the pitcher, he had trouble early on okay. with, the, with the pitch clock. So I'm not worried adjust. about Sandy. So as of this morning, the Marlins are at 800. I mean, 800. At 500, they're 8 and I 8. I wish. Yeah. yeah. I wish they were 8. <laughs> There's uh, the, uh, the Tampa Bay uh, the uh, uh, Rays are at lost. 875. They finally lost. The Rays lost twice this weekend to the Up Blue in Jays. Toronto. Yeah, but we are two games clear Beautiful. of the National League champions in our division. Whoa. We are two games clear of the World Series champions, the Houston Astros. I'm here for it. We're only one. We're two games back of the Mets. Four games back of of uh, of the Braves. And there's so many other teams. We're, we're the same record as the Dodgers. We're one better than the, the, the mighty Padres in that big payroll. Mm. Uh, so there's so much to look forward to when we didn't have a great start, but we had a pretty rough schedule. New York twice, yep. the Twins, who are, who are a very good team, and went into the Bronx yeah. and took two or three from Pablo the Yankees. Of just keep winning series, man. Keep yeah, winning series. Twins are ten and six, and then Tommy have, Tommy Hudson said it yesterday. Before, if you win though, series, you, you, yeah, you string together several series wins in a row, and you're and you're playing six hundred baseball. Like, for example, and that's the Yankees that's get first four series. They won each series yeah. in the long storied history of the Yankees. That only had happened three times, and that's that that's remarkable. So you just keep winning series, and we won a series against the Diamondbacks. Won a series against the Phillies. Now we have San Francisco, who is right now sitting in uh, next to last place in in the West. We just we we took two or three from the West leaders, the, the yep. Diamondbacks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So San and, Francisco. And we dropped there. the game to Zach Gallon. That's I not mean, a, that's, that's not, not yeah. a bad game to lose. And by the way, no, talk about a you talk about a wash. Zach Gallon, we traded for Jazz Chisholm straight, straight up. up. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Tommy was saying that in the broadcast yesterday. That's yeah. a win-win for both teams. Yeah. Kind of like right now, the Pablo ball. Lopez uh, loser eyes trade yeah. is a both win-win for both teams because yeah. the Twins are loving having Pablo. I mean, who wouldn't? But we needed bats, yeah. and that bat he's batting he was five batting something. Five, five he was batting five eleven going into yesterday's game. That's I mean, even two two now two weeks into the season, mm-hmm. over two weeks into the season, 
Um, yeah, that's still amazing. So I'll tell you. So we went to Lone Depot Park. We were gonna go on Friday because it was a tiny hair. Them by the by, by the advertiser's name. Do they um, pay you? No. Caseya Center, Lone Depot well, Park. Father. We still call it Ma- Marlins Park. And so we got, we were gonna go Friday, but because it was a tiny heritage night, and obviously the Heat ended up having to play off the game, so we went on Saturday. Play in. Play Did in. you go to the museum? That's exactly where I was going. Oh, so they opened up go. the new museum next to Jr's uh, bar, which is like kind of like left center field. Did you know why it's called JR's Bar? That was a nice, a nice nod to our oh, history. Oh, somebody told me. Joe Robbie. Joe Robbie. Really? Yeah. I did not know yes, that. Yes, yes, He actually yes, honored yes. our history. They did. Um, yeah, I'll get into that in a second. So we go out there, and uh, it was excellent. It was excellent. Really and truly, the museum. Don't is say too much because no, we, no, no, we want to. No, we, we want to go it. behold it for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, obviously, we know we're not dealing with 50, 60 years of baseball for what it's worth. So here's the one thing I do want to hey, share. Hey man, but in thirty years, we've. We've racked up. We've racked up uh, quite a bit. No, Six no hitters, two World Series champions, and a cycle. A cycle finally. Uh, no, we're, I mean, we're just missing the perfect game. We're good. So I'll tell <laughs> a you. A lot one of thing. teams are missing. Father, the this is what game. I want to tell you. There are if, less perfect games than they are teams. I know. If you have any merchandise? By the way, breaking news coming across the wire about Pablo Lopez. We just mentioned. What happened? Pablo Lopez and the Twins are about to close in on a four-year, seventy-three point five million dollar contract extension. Nice. That's good, for good, for the, good for him. So one thing, if you're a Marlins fan or just if anybody, if you have anything Marlins for the last whatever years that you want to donate to the museum, they have a thing there. So if you have bobbleheads or stubs or anything from any of them, anything you want to donate, they are taking donations. So I'm not donating a thing. I'm holding on to anything and everything with a Florida Marlins logo on it. Exactly. Forever. And um, another thing, so we were out in the Budweiser center field bar, just watching a few innings out there, and I made it on TV. And Get out. Look at my, I made the Tyler Hero snar. I like that. Snarl from the Lakers Yeah, I didn't like the play, so I snarred. So I went viral this weekend for making a snar. I didn't like the play, I didn't like the call, so. But no, Lone Depot or... So that was on TV. You were on TV. Are the Jumbotron or on the broadcast? No, I made it. So it's actually funny you said this. It was actually on TV. TV. Here's the. Um, Is this yesterday? This yesterday. Yesterday. No, we went Saturday. 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 Okay. That's yeah. funny. We still haven't. We, oh yeah, the, yeah. That's the that's the broadcast. <laughs> and then it goes and then it goes to the batter. But they they kept you on screen for a while, well, there, Ash. I know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Lou said, "Can you buy me another hot dog?" And I snarted him too. Oh. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the year. So, thing. we have a lot of history, and there's something a little controversial happened with the Marlins over the weekend. What happened? That Jorge received an email announcing something oh, the Marlins denied, which was what? What happened? Bartman Appreciation Weekend. So, that was actually false because they said they did that by accident. So that's How do you. I'm sorry. No, I'm, no, no. Someone, someone still drew okay, that up okay. and pitched it as a potential, and whether it got shot how down that, or not, it ended up but, on a listserv. And it, sent, it was sent out. I used to get those emails. I had yeah. to unsubscribe. Those things are like I vet the bulletin. Yeah. Jorge vets the bulletin. He draws up the, the these. Like yes, the it graphics. may not have ever been for public consumption, but someone in their marketing department came Somebody up with probably that. Probably came maybe as an it was inside a joke, joke or something. But and then it got sent out. But it's in. I mean, <laughs> yes. Do we do we revel in Cubs? Hey, Samson on the Marlins yes. department thing. Don't pretend that you didn't know. Oh, no, yeah, I, I, I saw that earlier. So someone really... But Dave, don't listen to Dave Samson. <laughs> that's like me telling... That's like me coming up with the bulletin. Come to the church today between 10 and ten and 1 for a free Papa John's pizza and ice cream. And all of a sudden, I take it away. No, you can't do that. That's terrible. So now everyone comes here thinking they're going to get free pizza and ice cream. So everyone's going for free or, you know. No, that was something... They, they probably thought of it. They're, they're trying to celebrate their history, 30-year anniversary, and with the museum and all that. But celebrate what we accomplished against the Cubs. Don't yep. celebrate the misery of this poor man who's been living in anonymity. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and pro- and that's all he wants. Yep. No, but, but uh, I, it, it, you cheapen your own victory by absolutely def- by pointing and, to Bartman there. And there was yeah. a special one in ESPN that the, the five, it was called the five reasons why Bartman should not be blamed for that eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Luis Gonzalez. Lu- Luis, Luis Gonzalez. Not, no, Alex Gonzalez. Alex Gonzalez. Alex Gonzalez was the same double name. Double play. Had the same name. It was a double play ball. It would have ended that, the inning. It would have ended the inning, and we wouldn't have scored a run. Dusty Baker left Priory out there too long. There was a. Was we don't know like if Alou would have caught that ball. Eight consecutive hits. Eight con- Mike Mordecai hit a double. We hammered him. So, blaming that on Bartman. And, and that wasn't uh, even the clinching game. No, it was. His game I mean, kept us alive. It was a clinching game for them. Kept us alive, 
But there was still a whole other game after that. And Kerry Wood hit a grand slant. Was it, no, hit a home run. In the second, in this game seven, they had the lead in game seven and still lost to us. But what I love, and I mentioned to Jorge last week, is the outrage by the Cubs fans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who sent this poor man death threats. Oh, my goodness. Get out of here. Mm-mm. Pot calling the kettle black. There was somebody I read online that uh, he went to a Cubs game wearing a Marlins jersey and was heckled, 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 heckled. All he had to do was say Steve Bartman. They didn't bother him. The we did the that when we did the tour of Wrigley Field um, a few months ago. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know like the full history of it. And then they spoke about it on the tour. And I'm like, oh, let's go. No, but the people, they've, they're salty about it. Still. They're redu- they've redone the seating, but people go looking for Bartman's seat. Yeah. They, I would. I love that field. I, I, I tweeted it's that the a other bea- week. It's a beautiful field. You have not been there. You've been to You've been to Wrigley. I'm the one that hasn't been to Fenway. I'm doing this summer. I'm doing... Cleveland and Cincinnati. I'm doing those two fields. Great American Ballpark. Yeah, I'm doing um, progressive those field. two. And then the field where the Cleveland Spiders, they reached out that to That should me. have been their name, not the Guardians. Mm-hmm. So there's actually the Baseball History Museum, and then the field, I'm doing something out there, like a show, and uh, I'm actually nice. going to see that field too, where the Cleveland Spiders play. It's in the worst area of Cleveland. <laughs> Go figure. Like, terrible. Quick NFL news. Um, we signed It's up. Monday, April 17th. Draft next week. And Aaron Rodgers is still not a New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna do it this Thursday. Are you this Thursday? Never mind. No, next Thursday is a draft. Oh, never mind. Next Thursday is a draft. Who did we we sound cho- we signed chosen? Chosen, yeah, but we don't have a first, so I don't know. People keep saying does oh. does Braxton Barrios make this team? Because we've loaded up on wide receivers on the top of the ones we already had. So people keep asking me, are the Dolphins doing a draft party? I have no idea. I doubt we, it. We don't have a first pick on the first night. They we don't. may still do a get-together. They've always done a great job with that, but nothing has been announced yet. Um, but, yeah, we don't have a draft pick. Who do you, who do you think goes first, Bryce or CJ? Uh, I like CJ. I, well, who would you take, Bryce or CJ? Alabama or Ohio State quarterback, worry. No? I'll tell you who he, we need is we need a tight end. That's who the Dolphins need to worry about, though. Yeah, we, we I can't worry about the other teams. We need a tight end. Even though Gasicki, obviously. He's gone. gone. I know. Forget but about you still Gusecki. need to replace He's them, gone. even though McDaniels. You know what we need? We need to see John here to give us a playoff preview for the. He's a little flower hockey expert. That's right. Well, I can tell you. So, the, Panthers, the Panthers play tonight against the against Bruins. The Cup. Number one. Against How the did that go Cup for winner? the President's Cup winners last year? Let's hope uh, history repeats itself. I think only three times. It's very rare. In the last 30 years, has a President's Cup winner won the actual Stanley Cup? It is. It's hard. You would, but the thing is, they needed to win. They took two losses last week. That that overtime loss against Toronto yeah. would have been the seventh seed playing Carolina. And Carolina's given us fits over the years, but not as but many. But for the overall record, the Panthers have played much, much better in these last they have. month and a half, two yeah. months. So their record is not indicative of the team that's hitting the ice right now. They have. So and, we'll and see. Yeah. And also in football, and anything news, can happen. Ashley, your thoughts on the Washington football team finally being sold? So they're being sold, or they were bought. Um, interestingly enough, the Dolphins do play up there this year, not RFK. Okay, that, have you been to that stadium? Uh, I passed RFK it's when we so went awful. up for the Ravens game. It's still like intact, but it's like icky. Um, <laughs> it's it was built in the nineties, <laughs> and it looks like it's been. It, it's it like looks almost like RFK. Yeah. They want to build. They want to build a new stadium in Washington D.C. proper because this is in Landover, oh. Maryland. It's really far yeah. from the from the capital. Um, but that's that's a lot of money and and taking out one of the worst owners in sports and six right, billion dollars. Six now. The, oh, six point six point zero five. Except that little that zero five that kills you. <laughs> That'll be a Dolphins takeover because we have a lot of fans. Oh, we, I went there one time. We had ten thousand fans. Oh, you will. Uh, um, talking about the Dolphins, everyone keeps asking when the schedule is being released. So if the draft is next week, NFL should be releasing the schedule within the first and second week of May. What, what are you What are you gunning for? Your Your, oh, t- your, no, your places you want to go? No, for, for sure, I'm going to Philly and I'm Philly. going to Kansas City. That's oh, the nice. two Super Bowl teams. Yeah. Like, wow. Uh, but we said that even before because we have a lot of. So you get cheesesteaks and good barbecue. Yes. Um, but we may depending. I mean, depends on work too. If, if we have like an event, obviously I can't do something. Um, but Washington would be my strong third, um, just because I love Nationals Park. No, and I and I and I, lo- and I love the nation's capital. But oh, the, yeah. Landover is in oh so it's, it was it's such, such a, a good trip last it's year. It's horrible we did, stadium. Uh, Baltimore and DC. But um, what a, I I feel good for that fan base because you may not growing up Washington it, yeah. was a premier uh, franchise of the NFL. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, they had been, they won three different Super Bowls in a span of what, 10 years with three different quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, they were in the Super Bowl against the Dolphins and in, in the perfect season that we won. They were a premier team. They were, they were premier franchise. And then this guy has just run through mud. And that's not talking about the extracurricular stuff that happened off the field and, and in, in the front office. So good riddance to him. And, and hopefully it sends a message to other owners, you know, just, you know, mind your P's and Q's. I'll tell you which tickets we are going to sell this year that are going to be worth pretty much what we'll get of those series. What we'll get for that game, we'll pay for the whole season. Dallas Cowboys. They're, that's right. They're coming to town. They are actually Oof. planning a takeover. And I saw their website. Oh, they're, no, no. They have they got a lot of things. They have like hotels. Yeah. There's this this is all due to the secondary market. This did not used yeah. to happen. Yeah, no, it's a huge secondary it's market. Awful. If we were to quit this and start like a travel agency of like Dolphins games, and stuff, oh, we, we would be rolling in mud with money with us because uh, that's what people go. do. They travel with their teams now. They it's do. Huge. It's uh, fun. It's, it's fun. But, but especially if you play in LA, which well, there's no fan base. You take over that. That's easy. Anyways, so a lot of stuff happening in sports, and we didn't, you know, get to a bunch. The spring game happened for UM on on, on Friday. Friday, and apparently every, everything looks great during spring game. Hey, oh, good. Wonderful. Win games in the fall. That's right. Do it when it counts. All right. Anything else, Ashley, that we have to No, re- go Panthers, go Heat. You guys know the schedule this week. Glue to your TV. Got some Marlins games in between. And uh, draft next Thursday. Dolphins do not have a... First round as of right now, but who knows? You know we're not gonna we're not gonna trade up. <laughs> we're not trading know, up. No, um, we got Cheetah. And then Tua had we're his good. event last week with his foundation. Everyone was happy there. Luau, we got to go to that the Tua Tua Luau. I know. Oh, nice. I sent that to you. Why didn't your wife go? She's in gals all over the place. Why didn't she go to that? Come on, we'll go to that next year. How about that? Uh, you tell me. All right. So a lot of stuff going on in sports. A lot of stuff happening in the parish. So please continue living that Easter joy and the abundance. Of that joy as we continue during this Easter season. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.